This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. You want to know why Donald Trump is leading in the polls to become the next president of the United States? You know, the, the political class, the political elites, the media elites, they still cannot figure this guy out. Nothing that they do to try to bring this guy down and kick him out of this process is working. And they're scratching their heads and they just can't figure out why all of the stuff that they've done in the past, all of the tools that they've used, all the models that they've used to get rid of people, to destroy their candidacy or even their time in office, None of that stuff is working with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is running circles around these individuals. Welcome to the program. You've heard me talk about Donald Trump and just my analysis, my commentary on why he's doing as well as he is in his run for the presidency. And I think the thing that, that, that if I had to pinpoint it, and say, what one thing, it's many things, by the way, but what one thing do you think has really endeared him to a growing, by the way, section of the electorate? You've heard me say, because he gets us. He understands us. He has his finger on the pulse of the mood of the American people. Now, not totally, Right? But let me say this. If I hear one more pundit, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Charles Krauthammer. I don't care if it's F. Chuck Todd. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on or or their political persuasion. If I hear one more candidate say, well, he's only got 25% of the electorate right now. He only polls 25%. That means 75% of the Republican voters are against him. No, it does not. That is no more valid than saying, well, Scott Walker has uh, 9% of the vote right now in the polling. Uh, That means he has 91% of Republican voters against him. No, it does not. That's that typical Political and media elitism, they know what they're talking about. We, us lowbrow public, we know nothing about this. Oh, yes, we do. And we're telling them, get your old models out of here. And we're telling the other 15 or 16 candidates, other than Trump, throw the scripts away, forget it, we've heard it before, We've fallen for that before. We gave you control of the entire Congress in 2014. You said you'd defund Obamacare and you didn't do it. You said you would stop the Obama agenda and you haven't. We're not falling for that this time. We don't care that Donald Trump doesn't fit nicely into your definition of conservative box or definition of a Republican box. We don't care about that anymore. We're tired of the political way. Your way, the political way, 
the media way, the main, liberal mainstream media, by the way, I should point that out. You got us where we're at today. We are a mess. The United States is a hot mess. And Donald Trump gets that. And he has some things working in his favor that the the others don't have. He's good at this. He's good in front of the camera. People say, well, you know, he's just an entertainer. (laughs) Okay, if that's what you want to believe, you go right ahead. He understands that when it comes to the presidency of the United States, electing a president, it's all theater. It's all staged. It's all scripted. That's what theater is, right? A script and a stage. The lines are rehearsed. You don't go off script. That's what we're getting out of these typical politicians. A scripted, rehearsed, poll-tested message. They, they, they use the polls. They poll-test language and certain words on certain issues because they say, well, this will fool the public. Here's what they're saying, even though they take a sample of people. Just a small sample. Well, here's what the, the American public is saying. That's an insult. There are 350 million people in the United States of America. Don't tell me you polled a 1,000 people. Now, I know there's a science to polling. And then it usually holds, if you get a sample pool of 400 or more, 1,000, it'll probably stay consistent. The key word in what I just said was probably. It'll probably stay consistent. That doesn't mean it will always stay consistent. And this is one of those times, and we've seen this before. This is one of those times where what's happening defies all the rules of politics, the rules of the media, the rules of campaigning, the rules of how to win an election. It's defying it. Right now, I don't know how long this is going to last. Either does Donald Trump. He said it the other night. I heard it. Someone asked him, how long do you think this will last? And he just simply said, I don't know. But I like that answer. Because basically what that answer told me is I can't predict the American people. I, I... I think I get them, but I can't predict them. And I don't want to get into predicting them. Because that's what the political class does. And that's what the media does. Oh, we can predict the public. Here's what they'll think. Here's what they'll say. And then we'll just work on getting them there. So while Donald Trump is out there, and by the way, his numbers continue to rise. They haven't even leveled off. You know, at some point, you might see a leveling off, and we have a long way to go. I'll continue to emphasize that. It's September, more than one year out from the general election. And it's about, what, four, five, six months out from the first primary in New Hampshire. Yeah, the Iowa caucuses, but that's not a primary. It's a caucus. We're still a ways away, but guess what? The clock is ticking, and we're getting closer. With each passing day, Trump mania, if you will, the Trump juggernaut is what I've termed it as, continues to just stampede through this whole process, crushing anything in its way, the standard way of doing things, the right way to say things. He doesn't care. There's a growing segment of the United States that doesn't care either. And guess what? This, in the end, may transcend party lines. 
because I believe that there are a good number of Democrats out there, traditional Democrat voters when I say Democrats, not party-associated people. I'm talking about the public. You know what? They could live with Donald Trump as president, even though he's running as a Republican. They could live with it. You know why? Because they're thinking they're thinking the same thing that I just said a couple minutes ago. He gets us. Yeah, it might be time for a different way. We're not talking about this hope and change crap that we were sold eight years ago, seven, seven, six and a half, seven years ago with Barack Obama. We're not talking about change. Donald Trump has never said that. He said, let's make America great again. Wow. That's Reagan-esque. And so people don't really care at this point that, well, you know, uh, he's voted uh, with the Democrats and he's funded Democrat candidates and uh, he likes Hillary and Bill Clinton and uh, he was a registered Democrat. So was Ronald Reagan. So don't hand me that crap. That's what the American people are saying right now to this whole political process and this political class. The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio. Buck Sexton. You cannot be a conservative if you do not believe in conserving this country as a free society with rule of law and individual liberty. You cannot do that if you don't actually seek to perpetuate what it is. Immigration cannot be a national suicide pact to create some new form of society. We're not trying to actually allow that to happen. We're supposed to have assimilation. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Sheriff. So you may have heard that one of Donald Trump's strategists resigned recently. Some differences of opinion. And one of the things that he said, the guy that resigned, he said, well, he won't spend money on polling. <laughs> Good for Donald. Good for Donald. Because that's the kind of stuff That'll get you in trouble. That's why we're, we are, in America, the hot mess that we are. Too many politicians, too many media types listening to the poll, do, doing too much polling, listening to the polls. Donald Trump just has a good sense about himself, but he also has a good sense about people. He reads newspapers. He listens to radio. He watches TV. He watches the news shows. And not just because he's running for president. He's an intelligent man. He's had to. It's in the business world. He has to know what people are thinking, what they're saying. And then he feeds off of it. Here's what they're thinking. Here's what they're saying. Not predicting. There's a difference. Having your finger on the pulse is different than predicting. You're connected. That's what that means. You're connected. Emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, you're connected to people. You're connected with people. So when his 
uh, one of his strategy guys resigned, and one of the things one of the things he said was, "Well, he won't spend any money on polling. Why should he?" Like he says, and he says it often, Donald Trump, he says, we're first in the polls. We're number, that's the only poll that matters right now. The only one that will really matter is the one in November of 2016. That poll will really matter. You know, let me try this. Let me try this on you. What do you think would... What would your reaction be if I said to you, Donald Trump should call for ending college grants for low-income families? Donald Trump should call for the end of college grants for low-income families. You would, first of all, if you were having your cup of coffee this morning, you'd choke on it and you'd say, Clark, what are you, nuts? Yeah, we also said that after he said what he did about immigration. Oh, Donald, you can't say, oh, his campaign's over. Oh, he's just offended. Oh, you can't say that. He's going to lose the Hispanic vote. He said that after he went after John McCain, or, or, or our reaction was the same. After he went after John, oh, he's done. Oh, he just, oh, he's done. He's over. You want to try it again? Here's why I don't think his uh, numbers would be hurt. Matter of fact, I think they might go off. If he called for an end to college grants for low-income families. I came across this article this week, and it just, you know, I shook my head. I'm no longer shocked by what comes out of Washington, D.C., but I'm still amazed. And you can see why we're in the situation we are with the spending. And the Republicans have some things to say about this. They are in control now. They have some things to say and are not doing it. You know why the Republicans would never even subconsciously think about ending this low-income grant, college grant funding called Pell Grants. Many of you may have heard of Pell Grants. Pell Grants are given to low-income families for college and university, tuition, books, that sort of thing. And unlike student loans, they don't have to be paid back. Well, I come across this article. I mean, folks, listen to this. Pell Grants. Billions go to students who don't graduate. Analysis finds. <laughs> let's go. Let's walk through this article. Like I said, I'm amazed, but I'm no longer shocked. Billions of taxpayer dollars go to college students who never end up with a diploma in their hands, a new report found. Pell Grants, which are given to low-income families, and unlike student loans, do not need to be paid back, are the costliest education initiative in the nation. But little official data exists on whether they are a good investment, according to the Education Watchdog Hetchinger Report. This is, like I said, it's just just fascinating. 
Little data exists on whether they are a good investment. Back to the, to the story here. Education Department Undersecretary Ted Mitchell last month lauded Pell Grants as, quote, one of the key levers that we have, unquote, to increase college completion rates. But here the article says there is no data to suggest these things are working. Most of the people who apply and receive these Pell Grants do not graduate. How can this liar, this straight-up liar, uh, Education Department Undersecretary Ted Mitchell, say it's one of the key levers we have to increase college completion rates? But analysis published Monday by Hetchinger revealed that Pell recipient graduation rates are often considerably lower than the overall graduation rate, even six years after a student starts college. Keep in mind, grants versus loans for school, right? Grants don't have to be paid back. Loans have to be paid back. So what we do is we take and we give the grants to low-income families. And I'm not suggesting they don't need help. But when you see stuff's not working, and it's costing taxpayers billions Nearly a trillion since this program started, this Pell Grant. I think it was 2007, but I could be off on the date. Nearly a trillion dollars has gone into this program. And for the most part, not not like close, not like a few, people don't receive their degrees. And they don't have to pay the money back. Why don't we do the opposite? Why don't we give the grants to the overachievers? Because we know they're going to graduate. And then once they get out there and get into the workforce and become productive taxpayers, we're going to get some yield on that investment. We get nothing back on this. So we take the overachievers and we saddle them with all this school debt that when they come out, they spend the first, I don't know, five, ten years of their working lives paying off school loans. Why do we do this? This is what Donald Trump gets. Now, Like I said, he didn't say this, but I would... I would I'd flirt with the idea if I were one of his advisors. And then you have to explain it to people. And you have to, and not in this long, drawn-out way, you just have to say, hey, look, these kids aren't graduating. Why don't we give this money? Because I support uh, 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 funding for education. You're Donald Trump, you say, I support funding for education. Let's give it to people who, are great, who have a better chance of graduating. It's a better investment. This other stuff is feel-good crap. That's all it is. It makes us feel good. We're giving money to low-income families for college. Oh, you know, so they can get the, uh, they can get a college degree and they're not graduating. So it goes on to say, to make matters worse, the government keeps no official tally of what portion of those who receive the grants end up getting degrees, despite the fact that money spent on Pell Grants has quadrupled since 2000. You see why I say Washington is broken? David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. Because that argument, if you were on there and you're saying you weren't and you're going to sue, that's going to buy you a few nights, maybe a couple weeks. But other than that, beware of false accounts and let's watch. And let's hope that there are White House people on there. Ah, ah. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. 
Ventura on the Blaze Radio Network. So continuing with this, this, this story here on this Pell Grant scandal, because that's what it is. Literally, tens of billions of dollars wasted a year. There's a better way to do this. There's a better way to help low-income students pay for college. I'm all for that. I'm big on education. I myself have a master's degree. It's important. It's important in helping people reach their dreams. And yes, even low-income minority students. But this program isn't getting it done. That's my point. So back to the story here. Quote, there are two scandals here. We have spent over the last decade one quarter of a trillion dollars on Pell Grants. And if you ask the federal government what percentage of those kids graduate from college, they can't tell you, said Richard Vetter, director of the Nonprofit Center for College Affordability and Productivity. Quote, the second scandal is as far as we can estimate that graduation rate is embarrassingly low. Vetter has done research on Pell Grant graduation rate, rates, which concluded that only about 40% of Pell recipients graduate, significantly, significantly lower than the national average of about 60%. Quote, it's embarrassing to the Department of Education, he said. It's even more embarrassing to some of the schools involved. Yet this liar, Ted Mitchell, the Dep- uh, Undersecretary of Department of Education, said in lauding Pell Grants, it's one of the key levers that we have to increase college completion rates. But 60% of the people who take these grants aren't graduating. This is amazing. Back to the story here. Taxpayers paid $31.4 billion on Pell Grants in fiscal year 2015. And since 2000, they have poured $300 billion into them, Hetzinger reported. Quote, it's not surprising that Pell Grant students graduate um, at most schools at a lower rate than the overall student body. We know that low-income students are less likely to get a college degree than their peers. Sarah Butch-Ramowitz, Hetzinger's data editor and author of the report, told NBC News. Let me read that again. It's not surprising that Pell Grant students graduate at most schools at a lower rate than the overall student bodies. We know that low-income students are less likely to get a college degree than their peers. Then the story goes on to say, this could be in part because from a lower socioeconomic status, those from a lower uh, socioeconomic status, they may come into college less academically prepared, she said. Let me stop. The failure of public K-12 education in America is the cause of that. We spend more than any other industrialized country in the world on education. And in our urban centers, the ghetto, here we go again, the ghetto. We're failing generations of kids. The same kids who are applying for and receiving the Pell Grants, they're not prepared for a college curriculum. They're not prepared. The studies show that. The research shows that. The results of this program show that. So why do we just why do we keep doing this? 
All right, so 40% go on to get a degree. You know what the logic would be from the left? Well, you know, that's 40% that, uh, you know, there's a more efficient way to do this is my point. For those 40%, let's find the ones that we know will thrive in a college curriculum, and let's give them grants. Black, white, Hispanic, all of them, everybody. Because if we did that, then we'd have a better chance of of being in the 90 percentile of people who get the grants are going to get a college degree. And hopefully not in something like African-American studies or some nonsensical degree like that. Yeah, I said it. I'd like to know the the 40% that go on to get a degree. I'd like to know, but see, they don't collect the data. I'd like to know what those degrees are in. Are they in something worthwhile? That What I mean by worthwhile is the market in demand for that type of study. Are they engineers? Okay, are they medical-related? You know, some of these things that the, 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 the... you know, high-tech manufacturing, I'd be willing to bet a lot of that 40% are African-American studies. Where do you go to get a job with a degree in African-American studies? Some college or university, you end up leading the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lies, yes, L-I-E-S, the Black Lives Matter movement. That's what you do with a degree in African-American studies. There's no demand for it in the marketplace, in this economy, in this tech-based Knowledge-based economy, there's no demand for it. Back to the story. In her analysis, which was based on 82 of the largest private and public schools, Butcher Mowitz found that the more Pell students there are at a given institution, the lower the chance that they will graduate. According to Education Secretary Arnie Duncan, more than 2 million students receive Pell grants. The grants are considered so successful that in July, the Department of Education announced it was starting a pilot program that makes prisoners, prison inmates, eligible for Pell Grants. Are we out of our minds? I know Arnie Duncan is. In the face of all of this research that these these uh, firms I, I'm listing in this report are saying, They're saying the stuff is not worth it, it's not working, and they're citing the data and telling us why. Arne Duncan, another straight-up liar, a liberal, a Democrat, that's what they are, they're straight-up liars. He says that the grants are considered successful, so successful, that the Department of Education is starting a pilot program that makes prison inmates eligible for them. For the 2015-2016 school year, the maximum Pell Grant award amount is $5,775 per student. Last year, Congress ordered the Department of Education to compile Pell Grant graduation rates. The report released last November only looked at 70% of Pell Grants and didn't break them down by college, citing a lack of data, according to the Heckinger Report. Lack of data. We're spending tens of billions of your Dollars. We can't account for it. 
quote, there's a concern about putting a burden on colleges because anytime you ask them to report something, that's a burden. The big problem is they should be doing it already, but some of them aren't, which said. That's a burden for them to collect the data. But they know so much data about cops' use of force, don't they? Boy, they study the heck out of that, don't they? The government needs to push for all the data Vetter said. These high non-graduation rates, rates make me wonder whether we should have that many people receiving Pell Grants. You shouldn't have to wonder about it. No, they should not be receiving the Pell Grants. It may be that given the high failure rate of the program, it isn't a very good return on public investment. I said that about you know, five minutes ago. And maybe we should redo the program and downsize it some. Isn't it what I just said? This isn't hard to figure out. Donald Trump understands this. He's a businessman. This is not a good return on investment. Only the government can spend like this, lose it all, and then say, as straight-up liar Arnie Duncan said, well, we need to spend more. This is so successful. This is, this is successful by government standards. Failure is success by government standards. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. It looks like Josh Duggar had an account for the purpose of having an affair. They listed some of the preferences he had on his account as well, some of his preferences. His turn-ons include a professional-slash-well-groomed, stylish-slash-classy, casual jeans-slash-t-shirt type. Pretty much like, uh, if you're alive, <laughs> and even that's negotiable. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. As we're going through this report, you know, we see, and I say this, this whole thing, it's not about Democrats and Republicans, that's a political class. Republicans are in control of Congress. They need to stop this, but they won't, because they're the political class, and both sides benefit from the failure, because not much changes for them. Getting back to the story here, the program might be better off if money was spent on researching attributes of grant recipients who succeeded or if officials eliminated participating schools with low Pell graduation rates. That's what Congress should be doing. Or Pell recipients could be monitored during college. Quote, maybe a student that is below a 2.0 average two years into a Pell grant should lose their Pell grant. At least we cut our losses earlier than we do now, he said. That's how Donald Trump thinks. Which is why I said, he should suggest this because the Republican Congress won't. You know, the real Republicans, as they like to say. Donald's not a real Republican. No, he's a businessman. And I'm not saying he should run the uh, government like a business. You can't. It's not set up. The model of shared power prevents it. It's not profit-driven. In other words, the government doesn't have to show a profit. They provide goods and services. They, well, not goods. They provide services. Government, necessary. But now you can see this Pell Grant is not necessary, but they're providing it anyway. This is why we have an $18 trillion debt and growing. This is why we can't cut the budget and stop the spending or reduce the spending because of stuff like this. 
Back to the story, the grants, which typically go to students and families whose incomes hover around the poverty line, fill an important need by opening doors for kids who may otherwise not go to college. Uchumowitz said, yeah, I get that. You're going to be more selective. And then monitor them through, like this article suggests, you know, halfway through, if the kid's failing, cut the grant off. It's your money. You need to care about this. Quote, Pell Grants are a good, important program for us to have, and there's a reason why they exist, she said. We just need to know more about how it's working. We already know that it is not working. So then we have President Obama, who now wants to expand this and will soon give some inmates the chance to take college courses on the government's dime, on your dime. So these guys go out and they they violate society's rules. And we're not talking low level, you know, like the left likes to use. We're going to get into that in, in, in a future segment, this whole inane prison reform idea, how it's dangerous and it's discriminatory. So a guy goes out, he kills somebody, or he rapes somebody, and and what do we do? We reward him with Pell Grants to complete college coursework that we know darn well he's not going to get a degree in college. And if he's in college for, let's say he's in prison for 30 years, for the next 30 years, who cares if he gets a degree while he's in there? He's going to be in there for 30 years. So from another, uh, uh, this one's from CNN Money Report. The Education Department and Justice Department on Friday, this is from a couple weeks ago, are expected to announce a pilot program giving some prisoners access to federal Pell Grants. The aim is to test how effective correctional education programs can be in breaking the cycle of repeat offenders. I am tired of the government using human subjects as lab rats and as guinea pigs, as they conduct social engineering experiments in the ghetto and in prison. I'm tired of that. Get some liberal foundation like the Ford Foundation to finance this crap. They believe in giving these people a second chance. Why on our money? This is how I would articulate if I were Donald Trump. Now, he'd have to be real careful because I can already see the New York Times headline. Trump says black's not worth spending on education for. That's what would that's what that's how it would read. You know it. Anyway, back to the CNN report. Congress banned prisoners from being eligible for Pell Grants in 1994. Since then, the prison population has grown significantly to 1.6 million nationwide, and calls for reform are coming from President Obama, who recently became the first sitting president to visit a federal prison, as well as members of both parties. See, as well as members of both parties. Why are they visiting prisons? Why didn't they visit one of these failing K-12 schools? Why didn't they visit a choice school? Why didn't they visit a voucher school in the ghetto? And talk to young people about the importance of education. Why are they going to prison to talk about education. These guys passed their opportunity with education. So it says the administration can't lift the ban on Pell Grants without congressional approval, but 
This is where Obama is good. Give him his due. He knows how to circumvent Congress. But the Education Department can use its authority to temporarily run a pilot program. So they just rename it a pilot program and give your money. You have to take out loans, student loans, to send your kid to college. So you go into debt. You take out second mortgages. Your kid goes into debt. And yet the money that you earn when you go to work every day, while you go to work every day, is taken out of your pocket so some prison inmate can get a Pell Grant that doesn't have to be paid back and he's not going to graduate or get a degree with it anyway. And we wonder why Donald Trump is leading in the polls and how the media elites and the political class can't, they don't get it. This stuff is insane. And this is just, this isn't even the tip of the iceberg. With the spending that goes on in Washington, how they spend your money, nobody even knows this stuff. I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, we've all heard of Pell Grants. I, I have. And I realized they were grants and didn't have to be paid back. But I for sure didn't know what the results of this nonsense was. And, 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 and no one has the nerve to just stop and say, yeah, we'll figure out a better way to send low-income kids to college. Maybe start them out on loans. Okay? And if they do well in the first two years, then put them on the grant to finish. That's help. Why aren't your kids who haven't violated the law, why why aren't your kids who go to school, who study hard, and who achieve in school, why aren't they eligible for government grants, your money, the people's money? Why do you have to go to a bank and take out a loan? Do you ever ask yourself this? You should. You're entitled to that money too. You're not, your kids aren't second class citizens. This stuff should be, should be granted on the basis of results and achievement. That's what this stuff should be based on. But of course it's not. Because that's not how we do things in the United States government. We waste money. We spend money. That's what we do. And yet, in the end, in the end, you know, and, and who knows what's going to happen in this, this this presidential race. It's just too early. But this is why Donald Trump is leading in the polls. This is a prime example. And he hasn't even mentioned this, but this is why. People know under the surface this is the kind of crap that goes on in Washington, and they're tired of it. They want a different way. Thanks for joining me this week. We're out of time. Tune in next Saturday. God bless you. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network.